inside the tomb, and they see the tombstone roll away, and then they're counting down, three, two, one, and Jesus comes out of the tomb. And they start applying and cheering and saying, yes, he is the Son of God. He is the Savior of the world. Shouldn't that have happened? That's a pretty good narrative, don't you think? If you don't know your Bible, you're going, wow, this was a pretty interesting end of the story. I didn't know. I didn't actually hear this part of the story. This is, none of this happened. But shouldn't it have happened? Of course. Do you know, we've been we're talking about without the resurrection, there's some things that we just can't count on. Without the resurrection, there's just some things. And last week, if you were here, we said that without the resurrection, there's just no grace. There's no grace without the resurrection. Today, what I want to talk to you about for a few minutes is without the resurrection, there is no faith. Christianity is, is a pointless religion without the resurrection. There's no purpose behind it. And we'll talk about reasons why in a minute. But you know when Jesus was crucified, here's what the disciples believed about Jesus. Here's what the disciples, this is the disciples' faith after Jesus was crucified. Look what, look, look, look what their faith was after Jesus was crucified. They believed he was dead. That's one. They believed he died for being a powerful speaker. That's what they believed. They believed that he died for making bold claims. That's what they believed. They believed that it was all over. They believed that they were all wrong about him. They believed that he was not the Messiah. They believed that he was not the Son of God. That's what they believed. We know that. We can look into Scripture. We know that because they, none of them were there other than maybe one disciple. John was there at the cross, and all of them, they ran for the hills. They hid in the house. If you were here last week, we talked a little bit about that. But they, this is what they believed. They believed it was all over for them. They believed that they were wrong about who he claimed to be. What changed for them? What changed for them? One thing changed for them. They saw him alive. And I hope that you understand that as a Christian, that is the foundation of what we believe. That is the difference between every other faith-based idea or any faith-based religion or belief system that we believe that our God died, but that he beat death and he rose from the grave and he appeared if you're here last week he appeared to over 500 people 500 different people saw him alive and that's what changed everything for them i wonder why they wouldn't write a better story about that right I mean, I wonder why, they, if, if this was a fairy tale, if this was a folklore, if this was a made-up story, why wouldn't they write themselves in a little bit better? I mean, I mean, come on, let's be honest here for a minute. They looked kind of silly, 
don't you think? They're writing themselves in the story of Jesus, and they're looking kind of goofy in the story. But then they saw him alive, and they were courageous. They were bold. They were audacious. That's what changed for them. What changed for them, they, they were witnesses of it. They, were, they believed in it because of, of the fact of what they could hear, and they could touch him, and they could feel him, and they could hold him. Everything changed when they saw him alive. Paul writes it this way in 1 Corinthians 15, in verse number 12. He says, now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? So some people in the church in Corinth believe that there was, you know, that there was no resurrection of the dead. That they would say that, yeah, maybe Jesus resurrected. Why? Because Paul said, hey, listen, he, he appeared to Peter. He appeared to James. He appeared to the 12 a number of times. He appeared to 500. He appeared to me. You know, Paul is writing these things. He appeared to so many different people. He says, and some who are still alive. You could, you could from Corinth, take a boat trip to Jerusalem, and you could meet people who actually saw him alive. He says, why do you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? He says, verse 13, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. So if, if, if people don't resurrect from the dead, if people when they die don't resurrect into eternal life, he says, you can't say that even Christ resurrected from the dead. Verse 14, and if Christ has been not raised, then our preaching is in vain. Our preaching is in vain. Then he goes on and says in verse 15, I want to show this to you. He says in verse 15, Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if in fact the dead are not raised. Now, here's what he's saying. He's saying this. Those who brought us the story of Jesus the people like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, James, Peter, Paul, those that brought us the story of Jesus, they were in a position, they were in a position to know without a doubt if he was raised from the dead or not. They were in a position to know without a doubt if he was raised from the dead or not. So what Paul is saying here is this. We wouldn't make this story up. We wouldn't, this is not the narrative that we would tell if he didn't actually rise from the dead. Nobody would lie about nobody. It's pretty good, isn't it? Nobody would lie about nobody. That wouldn't be the story. First of all, first of all, you're, they're, they're writing themselves in the story and they look like buffoons. They're claiming that he rose from the dead where really he didn't rise from the dead. The, the skeptics will say, well, they stole the body. Come on. He, they stole the body. If you read anything about these disciples, they were incapable of stealing a body. They couldn't even fish and that was their profession. 
Not to mention, they had guard. They had Roman guards, 16 of them, 16 Roman guards versus 12 buffoons as they're sneaking in. Roman guards were not like what you see at your local church Passion of the Christ play, you know, where it's Bob from accounting, you know, who's playing a Roman soldier. And you're like, he doesn't look that intimidating. These dudes were assassins. These guys were ninjas. I don't know if this is relating. This is like a kid version that I would say to them, and they'd be like, really? They were like ninjas? These dudes were bad dudes, and you didn't matter. 16 of them that Rome placed in front of the tomb. And these 12 guys, do-do-do-do-do, you know, they're going to sneak in there, and they're going to steal the body. You know what it would have been? It would have served the Jewish, the Jews' right to be able to find and locate a body. It would have served Rome right to search and find the body. But nobody found no body. <laughs> nobody found a body. I should say that that way. <laughs> it wouldn't even make sense. Nobody found a body. There was nobody. And nobody would die for a lie. This is, I think, one of the greatest proofs of evidence of, of a resurrected Jesus. Nobody would die for a lie. Now, people die for their faith every day. I'm not, I'm not saying that they wouldn't be willing to die for what they believe to be true, but they wouldn't die for what they know is false. People die for what they believe is true. That happens every day. But they were in a position to know if he resurrected or not. Nobody would die for a lie. Certainly not Paul. Certainly not James. Paul hated the church of God. He arrested Christians. He put them into jail. He consented to their death. James was the brother of Jesus who didn't believe who Jesus was until he saw him alive. No one. And they both, James, Paul, and the rest of the disciples, they were martyred, which means they died for what they knew was true. They died for what they knew was true because they saw him alive. So, if there's no resurrection, there's no faith. Skeptics will tell you, skeptics will tell you, if you read books, if you read things about those who are not, are not even Christians, are atheists, they will tell you Christianity would have gone nowhere if it wasn't for the claims of the resurrection. Christianity would have gone nowhere if it wasn't for the claims of the resurrection. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Look at what it says in verse, um, I dropped my notes. Here they are. Thank you. Here's what it says in verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. Your faith is worthless. Why would our faith be Worthless. If Christ wasn't raised, why would our faith be worthless? Look what it says in, in the next part of the verse in 17. And if Christ has been not raised, your faith is worth, worthless. You are still in your sins. 
We're still in our sins. If, if, faith, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, that we are still in our sins. We still have sin. If, 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 if we don't put our faith or belief that Jesus not only died, was buried, and rose again, we're still, we still are in our sins. The death on the cross paid for the remissions of our sins. The resurrection gave us a new life, a new start. We're a new creation. It gives us eternal life and access to the Father forever. That's what the resurrection has done for us. Without the resurrection, you and I still carry about the burden of our sin. Let me give you a couple examples. Anybody shop at Costco? Boy, you just, I, you'll love it when you go from there, talking about the remissions of our sins to do you shop <laughs> at Costco. So when you go into Costco, is that the, one of the worst, no offense to anybody that works at Costco, is that one of the worst experiences of shopping in your life? Sorry for anybody that works at Costco. I, I, I hope you love your job. And so, man, you get this massive cart, and they don't make the aisles big enough for, the, for, for people to have these massive carts to go, at one, go down, you know, two people at one time down an aisle. And you walk around, and you try to get your, your massive box of Pop-Tarts or whatever it is that you buy. But I love my massive box of Pop-Tarts. You know, and you know, like I'm never going to eat that many Pop-Tarts, and then I end up eating that many Pop-Tarts. So you walk in the aisle, you get all your stuff into a car, then you get herded into where the checkout aisle is at, and then you pay for all your, your stuff. And then you are getting, you're like, oh, goodness, I'm glad this is over. Thank, thank goodness I'm done with this shopping experience. Maybe I just hate shopping. No offense to Costco, by the way, but I just hate shopping. You get through Costco, you get out of the line, and then you're like, it's not over, right? It's not over. Then you got to, after you've put everything, and then if you have kids, like I have kids, you're trying to make sure you have all your kids with you, because you probably lost them at the bagel bite display, you know, where they're just hanging around there, snacking on all of the, the different things that they have available. And so you're making sure that you have all your kids, and then you're walking up, and you got your cart full, and you're walking out, and there's somebody with a big smile on their face, right? And I don't know why they do this at Costco, and they don't do this at a lot of other stores, but they do this at Costco, and they want your, what do they want? They want your receipt. I, and apparently, people were stealing stuff from Costco all the time when it first opened up. I, apparently, this is what was happening, and they want to see your receipt. They want to, they want to make sure that everything that you paid for everything that was in your cart. They want to make sure that you, on the receipt, everything matches up. And, you know, there's some good people, you know, they put a little smiley face as if that makes you feel better. I don't know if you get the smiley face. People are like, eh, you know, like, yeah, I know, but I, didn't, I really would just like to have gone and get out of here. I wonder what happens to the people without the receipt. Do you have to work there? Okay, that was probably out of, the, out of line. So... Here's the point of that. The receipt proves that it was paid for. Okay? Right? Your, your receipt, if you want to return something, you, you have to show a receipt. It proves that you paid for this item. The resurrection is the receipt. The resurrection is proof that your sins and mine have been paid in full. That's what the resurrection is. You can clap for that. That's really good. 
That's what the resurrection, it is a receipt to say, listen, I don't know, maybe I, I, and for us, we didn't pay for it, he did. I didn't pay for this, he did. I have a whole lot of sin in my cart, but Jesus right here paid for it all. Here's the receipt. Here's the receipt. That's what the resurrection is. But without the resurrection, you have no receipt and you still have to pay for your groceries. That's what it is. He says, without, without the resurrection, you're still in your sins. You still owe the sin debt. You still owe it. If you don't believe in the resurrection, I'm going to get bold here for a second. If you don't believe in the resurrection, you still owe the sin debt. If you didn't put your faith in Jesus as Jesus is the one who paid my sin debt, if you don't believe that he died for you, beat death, and rose again, you still owe the sin debt, and you will pay. I love you. But it's true. The receipt is the resurrection. I hope you have a receipt. Ma'am, I hope you have a receipt. Sir, I hope you have a receipt. Because you're not getting out of here. No, I won't go there. <laughs> you're not leaving this earth without it. Now, here's the deal. Here's what he says. He says, listen, without it, without it, we don't have, we don't have the resurrection. So, then he says this. He says, without the resurrection, verse 18, then those, then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Without the resurrection, those who have fallen asleep in Christ, have, they've perished, which means they're lost without the resurrection. If you don't have faith in the resurrection, you, here's the deal. You're lost. And where, and where you go, where you spend eternity... You're going to be lost forever without the resurrection. Man, I, I'm just so glad that, we, that God has given us the opportunity to put our faith in him. Uh, Christopher Columbus, you ever heard of him? Christopher Columbus? Yeah, okay. 1492, sailed the ocean blue. Yeah, that guy. The Spaniards had a motto. They had a motto. The Spaniards had a motto. Here's what their motto was. Non plus ultra, which means no more beyond. That was their motto, okay? Then Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue, and he discovered that there is more. So in some city in Spain is a, is a monument to commemorate Christopher Columbus. And if you can see the lion on the left... The lion on the left is ripping off the N that would say non plus ultra. So their motto for years, for centuries, was no more beyond. We're, we're convinced there's no more beyond. Yet after Columbus sailed the ocean blue, they ripped off the N and it's symbolic to say there is more beyond. There's more beyond. The assurance of the resurrection tells us that there is more beyond. Aren't you glad? If there wasn't a resurrection, then those who have fallen asleep would be lost 
forever. I did a funeral for a, um, a man who lost his wife. And he was telling me a story of when him and his kids were heading to the funeral service. And he told me that they stopped at a stoplight and to the right of him was a big, large, massive truck. And he said that the sun was shining just at a perfect angle, shining on of this truck, and it cast a shadow into the field. This massive shadow that went on, he said, seemed to go on forever. He said, I asked my kids. He said this. He said, I asked my kids. He said, he said, um, my, he said uh, what would you rather be run over by? What would you rather be run over by? The truck or the shadow? And he said that the youngest yells out, well, dad, of course, the, the shadow. And he said, that's what happened to mom. He said, Jesus was run over by the truck, but your mom was just run over by the shadow. I thought that was just a beautiful picture. Jesus was run over by the truck for you and for me. And us, we only get to be run over by the shadow of death. And when the shadow of death goes over us, we, he says, you will fear no evil because I give you comfort. That's the story that we have. And that's the beauty we have because of a risen Savior. That there is for you and for me and for those that have gone ahead, who have put their faith in Jesus, there is more beyond. Aren't you glad in this life that you can know that somebody that you love and cared for, that put their faith in Jesus in their life, you know that you're going to be able to see them again. Isn't that good news for us today? I hope that it is for you. I hope you find rest and peace and comfort and assurance in that, that you will and I will see them again because there is more beyond. Because Jesus took the truck. And those that put their faith in him are only going to take the shadow of it. Without the resurrection, without it, all who have put their faith in Jesus are perished. They're lost. But with the resurrection, they're not lost. We can know exactly where they're at. That's good news for all of us. Then he says this. He says this. He says, if, if there's no resurrection, we have no faith. You have no faith. No faith. Without faith, you're still in your sin. Without faith in the resurrection, that there's those who put claims in eternity or in heaven, there is no heaven without the resurrection. But then he says, but now Christ has been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who are asleep. So here's what he says. He's saying this about, about eternal life. He's saying this, that Jesus was the first offering of resurrection, of eternal life. 
Jesus was the, was the one who decided, you know what, I, I'm going to die, I'm going to beat death, rise from the grave, and as a result of that, I'm the first fruit of the resurrection. First fruits were those who had harvest, and they were required to give the first of that harvest. They were required to give the fruit, the first fruits of their harvest. Before they could do anything else with their harvest, they were required to give the first of it out. Okay? Now, it, it looks like this, all right? It looks like this. So I have, this is a harvest of eggs, okay? This is a harvest of eggs. Jesus, if, if you imagine that this is the harvest of fruit or the harvest of eggs that we have, Jesus was the first fruit or the first eggs of the resurrection, meaning that when Jesus rose from the grave, he was the one that offered the first fruits to God to say, here you go, God, I'm the first offering. This is the first fruit of my resurrection. He is, he is a part of all of the fruit, okay? The first fruits were a part of all of the fruits together. Are you with me? Okay, his, his eggs are a part of a bunch of eggs, okay? Without the first fruits being given to God, let's just say, there you go, God. Without the first fruits being given to God, none of the other eggs or none of the other fruits would have resurrection. None of the other. Without his resurrection, none of us who put their faith in Jesus would experience resurrection without him. So if he didn't resurrect, you and I don't resurrect. If he didn't go first, you and I can't go either. So when he offered his first fruits, here's what he did. He said, everybody else now gets to go. Everybody else now gets to resurrect. Everybody else, because he's the first fruits, get to go and be a part of the kingdom of God. This is the picture that Paul is showing us. Hey, when he resurrected, guess what? All of us get to resurrect. All of us get to go where there's more beyond. All of us get to go to a place where there's no more hurt, no more pain, no more tears, no more sickness, no more cancer, no more agony, no more stress, no more anxiety, no more Costco, no more whatever. We all get to go and go to heaven with him because he is the resurrection of the dead. There's a bin full of these. There we go. All of us get to go. All of us get to be a part of it. Isn't that amazing? Because he was the first fruit, the rest of the batch gets to go. He went first. He was the pioneer. He paved the way. He cut the path. And then all of us, by putting our faith in him, get to go where he's at. That is worth clapping for, everybody. That is worth saying yes, amen to Jesus. He's worthy of that. He really is. Now, that's what Paul is trying to help us understand. But without the resurrection, we don't have any of that. Without it, forget it. That grandma that went ahead and you're like, oh, she's in a better place. Nope, no, she's not. That's the truth. 
Aunt Millie, who lived a good, you know, righteous life, Aunt Millie's not in heaven. She's lost forever without the resurrection. It's brutal, isn't it? The Bible can be brutal, but it's true. It's true. Then he goes on and says this. I love this. I love this. This is, this is going to be good. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are all men most to be pitied. You know why? Because Christianity isn't a cakewalk. Anybody discover that? You know why Christianity would have never taken off if, they, if Jesus didn't rise from the grave? Because Jesus' teachings were laughable. They're laughable. Love your enemy? <laughs> really? Don't worry about anything. Have no fear. Like These are, these are the things that Jesus would, would claim. You know, you want to find your life, you got to lose it. These are Jesus' teachings. That's why the disciples are going, well, it's all over. Because if he didn't rise from the grave, his teachings would have never made it out. They would have never made it. But you know what gives credibility to Jesus' teachings? He rose from the grave. He beat death. When we know that he rose from the grave, we go, well, I guess he kind of knows what he's talking about. Maybe I should lose my life and I really will find it. Maybe it is good for me to pray for those who persecute me. Maybe it is good for me to love my enemies. Maybe I shouldn't worry because I put my faith into a person who beat death. Do you see the difference? It never would have made it out if it wasn't for the resurrection of Jesus. Let me just give you a couple practical things of why people would feel sorry for us if Jesus didn't resurrect. Let me give you a couple reasons. People who are Jesus people, people who put their faith in Jesus, and there's people in this room that do this. Did you know that they give a percentage of their income regularly? Did you know that Jesus people, they take what they receive from, you know, from their job and they take a percentage of that? The, you can make a lot of different cases of how much that percentage is, but the Old Testament, they tell you it's a 10%. And, and, and a lot of Christians to this day do that. I, got, I, got, I do that, just so you know. I do that. I mean, if I thought that I was only living for this life, you know what I wouldn't be doing? I would be getting all 100% of it, baby. But I don't think that I'm living for this life. I don't think that this, that this is all that this life has to offer. And so what I do is I don't sacrifice. That's not what Christians view it as. They don't view it as sacrifice. They view it as investment. They view it as I'm going to give a percentage of what I receive, I'm going to give a percentage. I'm going to trust God. This is what Christians say. I'm going to trust God with 90% instead of 100% in trusting me. I'm going to trust God with just 90% instead of 100% in just putting my trust and my hope in me. And those who aren't Christians, you know what? They, they look at that and they go, well, that's sad. 
That's pitiful. You know what Christians do? Christians decide that they're going to take a day and rest on that day. Christians, millions of Christians all around the world, you know what they decide? They decide, you know what? I'm going to do everything that I can do. I'm going to work as hard as I can six days a week, and then I'm going to rest on the seventh day because that's what God shows us that we should do, that God gave us something that he calls the Sabbath in order for us to rest and reflect on who God is on a day. And a Christian will go, you know what? That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna work six days a week. I'm gonna take a day off and I'm gonna rest and I'm gonna reflect and I'm gonna trust God with the rest. I'm gonna give my best and trust God with the rest. You can write that down too. I'm gonna give God my best and I'm gonna trust God with the rest. You know what the other thing Christians do that people outside of Christianity kind of think are, is kind of pitiful? We give our time and we serve people. We serve people. We take time out of our week and we designate some of that time out of the week and come and pour our lives into other people. And if my life, if my life was, my hope was found in this life only, I wouldn't give a dime, I wouldn't give a time. I'm just on a roll today. I didn't even... I didn't, even write, I didn't even write that down. That just came to me. I wouldn't give a, th- a minute. For what? A dead Savior? He's not dead. He's alive. He's alive. And because he's alive, I give. Because he's alive, I rest and trust Because he's alive, I serve. Because he tells me when when I serve someone the least of these, it's like I'm serving him, and he's worthy of that, isn't he? When 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 we give, and when we lay out eggs out on a field, and we let kids go nuts when when you take eggs home with you, by the way, the bags I threw at you, go ahead and fill those and bring them back. It's all on purpose. This is all, this is all intentional. Sorry. <laughs> I, got, I got half the bin of them left still too. Listen, when you do that, you're being a Christian and you're realizing that your hope is not just in this life. Your hope is in more beyond. On Easter... This coming Easter, there's going to be a family that's going to come, and they're going to show up, and they're going to be a part of this great, amazing, wonderful event that we have here at the church, and you're going to be there, 
And some people are gonna be stationed at all these different places like a s'more station and, or maybe at a bounce house or maybe you're gonna be working the field or maybe you're gonna be out in the parking lot working security or maybe you're gonna be somebody that's gonna have a card and making sure that people know where they're supposed to go and, or maybe you're somebody that's helping out at the photo booth or who knows what it is. Maybe you're somebody that's just receiving information from the guests that we have, the hundreds of guests that we're gonna have that day. You're gonna be there and then they're gonna go, wow, these people really love us. We're gonna go, then they're gonna show up they're going to show up the next day on Easter Sunday because that's when people come to church. They come to church on Christmas and Easter. And so that's coming up soon, Easter. I don't know if you knew that or not, but that's coming up in the next couple of weeks. They're going to show up. And you know what they're going to hear? They're going to hear about how amazing Jesus is and what Jesus has done for them. They're then going to go, I need Jesus in my life because there's something missing. There's something lacking in my life. They're going to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They're then going to follow up with baptism, and then they're going to begin start serving in church in the ministry. Then they're going to start inviting all of their friends and family to come to church and ex- receive Jesus and experience who Jesus is. I mean, this is what's going to happen in a couple weeks. Who's excited about that? That's going to be absolutely incredible. That is the reality of what it's going to look like, and I just want you to know this, that, man, if you're, you're going to be a part of that. You're going to be a part of that. Because you know, you know, you know, you know that there is something more to this life. And then if it's simply just loving on someone, giving an egg, or, or just saying hello, or receiving them into our facility, that this is in a real true sense what Jesus is saying that I was hungry and you gave me something to eat I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink I was in prison and you visited me this is what that looks like for us and he says as much as you've done unto the one of the least of these you've done it for me And if you don't have a hope outside of this life, then don't show up because it's pointless. You should actually feel sorry for us that we would have the audacity to take time out of our weekend and do this. You should feel sorry. But if there's a part of you, if there's some of you that says, yeah, I believe this. I believe this. It's not that you look at it as a sacrifice, but you look at it as an investment into something of the greatest hope that we can have in the whole world, and that is Jesus died for your sins, was buried, but he beat death, and he rose again, and so that you and I can have new life with him. It's that much It's that much at stake. So, here's the deal. We want, we have 30 some names, 30 names on our sign-up sheet, okay? We need about 40 more. We need about 40 more. You're like, I just haven't got around to it yet. I understand that, I get that. But here's what we're going to have you do. 
If you've already put your name on this sign-up sheet, great. Then you don't need to do this. If you have not, everybody pull out your phones. Some of you have already pulled out your phones and checked the scores of games or whatever it is that you're... It's okay. No problem. I understand. I'm curious too. I want to know what's going on. But if you, if, you, um, if you haven't signed up yet and you're going to be in town, boy, we could, we could use you. Boy, we need you. Boy, this is an opportunity for you to serve our community that day. And to show the world that your hope is not in this life. Your hope is found in something more. It's more. And our prayer is, is that you take, did you get a ring, by the way? Did anybody, everybody get a ring? Our, our prayer is, is that this, in the next couple weeks, that we're just, our mindset is, is our hope is not in this life. Our hope is not in this life. Our hope is in eternity. And for the people that we come across every single day, for the family, friends, relatives, associates, neighbors that we come across every single day, I hope that you're understanding that a part of our great opportunity is to allow them to come, invite them to come and see. Because here's how this works. It starts with come and see, and then they're going to meet Jesus, and then they're going to come and die. That's how that works. It's come and see, they meet Jesus, they find that hope that they have, they've been looking for, they feel what they feel is lacking, and then they're going to say, I'm going to come and die. And many of you have already done that. You've already done that. So if you're in town, what else do you have to do? If you have kids, they can enjoy this, they're going to enjoy this. But if, man, we need you. No, 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 no. You're like going, no, they don't need me. No, we do. We really do. We need you to be for that family that I just told you what was going to happen. I hope you believe that. I'm counting on that. I'm praying for that. I'm believing in that. So that's the number. Text it, go ahead. Text, say your name and email address. Just name and email address. I guess I should tell you to do that. Name, email address, text it to that number, and let us know that you're coming. We need more eggs filled. We need more eggs filled. Uh, I, I don't know, do you want me to start throwing eggs at you? Or no? Okay, all right, I won't do that. <laughs> Wade, do you want some? You gotta fill them, buddy. You gotta fill them. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Let's do it. Sorry, Rhonda. Okay. Anybody want eggs? Anybody want some eggs? Tim, want some eggs? Anybody want eggs? Eggs? Okay, there's more in the back. Let's pray. Boy, this, this took a weird turn, didn't it? <laughs> I love it. Oh, by the way, you're supposed to put candy in them. Just so you know, candy, that's what we need.
Oh, 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 oh. Here's another way that you can look, look weird to people that are not Christians. So we have a, our teenagers are going to Chicago for a missions trip. Yep. And so um, they're, uh, they're going to have a spaghetti lunch. And so um, if you can, I think it's a $5 a person. $5 a person for a, a spaghetti lunch. Um, we would love for you to um, come down and have a spaghetti, some spaghetti lunch with us and, um, and give to so that these beautiful, aren't they, look at them. They're just like so beautiful. They, um, so that they can go and they can and be Jesus to people that um, need to know Jesus in Chicago, okay? So if you can, if you can hang around and have some spaghetti and, and give, um, don't give more, give more than $5, you cheapos. Come on, I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, don't just, yeah, here's my five bucks, you know, like, do I get a deal? Like, I have six, you know, is it, is it two for four? It, don't, like, just be generous. Why? Because that's what, Jesus was generous. Jesus was lavish. Be generous, be lavish, okay? If you're a guest, this is kind of a weird service, so Thanks for bearing with us. I don't know. But anyways, I, I just want to just, just feel good to see you. And let's pray together. Let's pray. Let's pray. God, um, Lord, we're just so grateful that we know that there's a hope outside of this life. And Lord, if, um, if there wasn't, we would be, people would pity us. And we would look foolish because of what we give, our money, our time, our energy, our efforts, Lord, but we know that there's something more. That's why we do trunk or treats and we do Easter egg hunts and we do just things that will hopefully maybe allow us the opportunity to develop or establish relationships with people, to be able to introduce them to the greatest person who's alive. And Lord, I just ask, Lord, that you just open up hearts and stir lives and Continue to motivate us and challenge us to keep on, keep on living for you because we know that there's more beyond. We know it. We thank you for paying the debt, paying the debt of our sin, that your resurrection is a receipt that we hold on to, that we have, that assures us eternity with you. We thank you for these truths. Without them, we have no faith. There's no Christianity. I'm so glad there is. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.